0: Well, hello, podcasters. Uh, today's a, a great day to join us. Today, uh, we 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 start a little um, dark. Just would you say, Pat?
1: Uh, just a tad. Just I a mean, just a tad dark.
0: Is there any interest in tracking down seven billion dollars or finding out if um, you know our? Our people are in collusion with another government to throw democracy. And is anybody in the media, do they really understand that uh, democracy does die in darkness? Because we know the Washington Post doesn't. We have a special tonight on this. We're part two of our Ukraine special. It's at 8 p.m. Eastern. Please join us. You can watch it on YouTube or Facebook for free but we really ask that you would join us and become a member of the Blaze TV. It's blazetv.com slash Glenn, blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. You'll save 20 bucks uh, off of your uh, your uh, subscription. We, we also have, I mean, speaking of democracy dying in the darkness and, and the Washington Post, we have Todd McMurtry on. He's the guy who has just argued the case that reopened the trial for uh, Nick Sandman. Uh, Nick Sandman uh, is the guy, he's the kid that was, you know, there on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial with the Native American, what's his name, so-and-so Phillips, that was beating the drum in his face. Remember that? Mm-hmm. $250 million lawsuit. It was thrown out by this judge. Todd McMurtry and his uh, a team of lawyers came back to the judge and said, yeah, I think you were wrong and here's why And that same judge just said Full bore, let's go All that and more on today's podcast
2: You're listening to The Best of the Glenn Beck Program
0: So I need a little pick me up, Stu I, I, or Pat. I need a I need something. Uh, I need something like Al Sharpton. Did you hear? <laughs> did you hear Al Sharpton uh, try to tell the story about Al Baghdadi?
1: I I, I did. You did. I yeah. did. Yeah. Did you yeah. enjoy it as much as I, I did? I very much yeah. enjoyed it.
0: Uh, so I thought we would we would just because I like to get some of the heaviness uh, off of the plate um, as I prepare for the special tonight.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: But uh, uh, let's just play that again. Could we please play the Al-Baghdadi's audio?
3: President Trump said that because of the killing of Al Baghdadi, that the world is a better place. And I would give credit to he and those that were responsible for it.
0: But we have a lot of
3: work that must still be done in the area of terrorism.
1: Yeah, right.
3: In the same area of the world where Al Baghdadi Baghdadi was.
1: Where Al Bag of Bones Al Al was bagging groceries Al was bagging Beyonce And let me ask you Why was Traffic Problems email sent to Bag (laughs) of (laughs) Bones? Uh, Al Bag <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it amazing? How, how long have we been talking about Al baghdadi It's yeah. 15, 10 years, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Surely 10 years. Now, I'm a guy who butchers everybody's name. Everybody's name. But eventually so, you, you, you yeah, learn do. them. But I am so happy Al Sharpton <laughs> is too. out there to deflect. Me too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and you know it's coming, too. As soon as he comes to the name Al Baghdadi, no way he's getting that. No. No, no way. way. No way. No way. We have a couple uh, of other uh, super, super classics from uh,
0: from a guy who clearly is qualified to be on television to tell you the news. <laughs> no,
1: no question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Play some. All right.
3: Exist. We must.
1: Yes. We must. And They're
3: yeah. all jitty about a shutdown. The Tortise in the race. Then co-author of Hubris. You two lead singer Bono. Fran Drescher, Sigourney Weaver. Suspect. Door. Jahar Sanaev, <laughs> Rush Limbaugh, Rush Limbaugh, Rush Limbaugh. The show, Rush Lombard hosts Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor. Is Mike? Is Mike uh, Muckery? Yesterday, Antonine Antonin. Scalia, Kim <laughs> Kardashian, and the Republican candidates both Cairo oh. and Benghazi. We rank behind Latvia, uh, La Vita. First stop uh, Kazakhstan, <laughs> Kazakhstan to college students in Beijing, He's getting lunch at Chipotle in, uh, in A. Iowa. Maine is appropriate. The GOP's tax day giveaway to millionaires. Why was traffic problems... Email sent. sent. The Environmental <laughs> Projection Agency. And what sequestration has done?
1: Amazing. <coughs> That's what he coughed up the fur ball <laughs> at the end of the broadcast. <laughs> this didn't even have this one. Michael Zebielska. Zihab- Zihab- Michael Zihab- Zebielska. Beelzeb- <laughs> Who is My- that supposed to be? Michael Zeeha Beetlejuice. <laughs> it was. Uh, remember that? Uh, it was Michael Zeeha, Bebo. It was I some terrorist. Uh, I, you know,
0: I've never, I've, <laughs> I. Uh, you can't even understand who he's actually trying to say. What did no. he call Kardashian? Did you hear that? Mm, that was they it, did. It. I did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's
1: just it's the one that really I I love the fact that he couldn't get a Supreme Court justice's name right. Or Rush Limbaugh, Rush Limbaugh, who's (laughs) been around for (laughs) Rush Limbaugh years. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) At some point, I remember after he after uh, Maya Angelou, who was a good friend of his when she died, he couldn't get her name correct. He messed. He mangled her name uh, he here's, mangled- wait, wait,
0: wait. Here's here's Kim Kardashian. All right.
1: Kim Kardashian and the Card- Republican... Kim
0: Kardashian.
1: <laughs> he loves Kim Kardashian. <sighs> and then after... Uh, I think this was after the death of Aretha Franklin. So in
3: the words... Of my oh, late friend this. Aretha Franklin, show some R E S P I C T.
1: That's a good idea. <laughs> Respect. Let's, just, let's do that. <laughs> it's what? in the lyric of the song. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not in the lyric. It's it the is hook. The lyric, yes, it is the hook of the song. <laughs> it's the main point of the song. <laughs> Crazy. Oh.
3: The best of the Glenn Beck program.
0: Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. We go to the one, the only, Nick DiPaolo, comedian, host of the Nick DiPaolo Show. You can find him at nickdip.com, nickdip.com. That's where you can see his comedy special, and I I warn you, it (laughs) is... It is battery acid on the PC. It is. Uh, Woo. Don't know how you're standing, but God bless you, Nick.
2: Actually, I'm not. As you can <laughs> see, I'm sitting. Right. Right. It's been an exhausting fight. Right. Uh Dave, as a white, straight male. It's, uh, it's a lot tougher. Right.
0: Uh, Dave Chappelle just got the Mark Twain uh, Award, which is our nation's highest honor for comedy. Is it not?
2: Uh, I thought it was the Kathy Griffin Award.
0: No. Which was
2: the highest. <laughs> well, no? Is no, it, uh... I don't think.
0: I think that used to be in the last administration. Uh, so so he just won this, and, and here's what he said. And I can't believe the guy who is standing at the Kennedy Center to be able to get the, the Mark Twain Award in today's yeah. climate is asked about PC, and here's what he says. Political correctness has its face.
3: This place, excuse me We all want to live in a polite society We just have to kind of work on the levels And come to an agreement of what that actually looks like I personally am not afraid of other people's freedom of expression I don't use it as a weapon It just makes me feel better And I'm sorry if I hurt anybody
0: Et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada, yada Everything I'm supposed to say (laughs) 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 Okay, so now Let me take you to Saturday Night Live And a clip that aired this I know, I know A clip that aired this weekend. Listen to this.
3: Yeah, at first I thought Kanye was losing his mind and now I feel like he's fine. He's just turning into an old white lady. (laughs) I mean, he used to be like one of the coolest black dudes on Earth. Now he's showing up to events in sweatpants and orthopedic sneakers. (laughs) Listening to Kenny G and trying to get black people to like Trump. It's like, how long before this guy changed his name to Kathy? (laughs) Now you might think that I'm crazy, but about... Five years ago, there was a fella named Bruce Jenner, and he moved to Calabasas.
0: There's a there's no joke there. So it's not funny. It's horribly delivered. He's in trouble. Is it because it was on, I don't know, NBC and they're supposed to be so woke? Or is it because that's just a bad comedian?
2: He's not a bad comedian, actually. Uh, Bad delivery. Well, when you don't ask an hour we can update, you have writers. I don't know if he wrote that himself. He's delivering somebody else's stuff. But every time we get near the LGBT or trans, it's a big deal. I want that answered. You know, the Bilderberg group, is that made up of eight gay guys? Why is it such an issue? (laughs) Uh, No, I'm asking. I'm dead serious. (laughs) And, and uh, if you think it's tough for uh, Dave Chappelle or Michael Shade to do that stuff, try being a 57-year-old white guy. Mm-hmm. No, um, I, I can't imagine. I,
0: I really, I, I, I say this with great admiration for your talent. I mean, I, I know who you are. I know who you've written for. I know your career. Uh, and uh, for you to be standing is remarkable. I mean, I, I honestly <laughs> feel like I should do you a favor and never talk about you on the air. <laughs> because I bringing attention do <laughs> you i know it's i mean i kind of feel bad because i know there's somebody out there going oh oh he's still saying these things that damn white guy and they will go after you
2: yeah but if you're the if you're the guy that started saying them first you do get a little credibility yeah i was saying this stuff on uh tough crowd in 2000 and, uh, you know, making fun of how white guys are portrayed in commercials in 1995. I was ahead of the curve, but because I look like I'm from Palermo, nobody pays attention to me. <laughs> you, <laughs> you do look a little like you could be in a mob movie. Let me just tell you this, one: uh, These <laughs> gay jokes, <laughs> is that going to bring your son back to me? So what is, to
0: what is the problem between transsexuals, transgender, and, uh, and gay
2: People, why do they not get along? Well, I was in a bathhouse in San Francisco for like two <laughs> hours last weekend, and I couldn't figure it out. I have no idea.
0: <laughs> because they really don't, I mean, Dave Chappelle even talks about it. Once the T gets into the car, the yes. L's and the G's, they don't yeah. like it.
2: It's like the Jews and the Palestinians, the, the Middle East. It's, uh, it's 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 so, it's convoluted. I read these articles on my show. I can't make heads or tail. Uh, uh, I should say tails Uh, (laughs) who's upset at who for what the the, I think the gays are saying the trannies have given us a bad rep trannies first of all that's 1970 uh transgender people are giving us a bad it's I I don't know I have heard I I still like women Glenn what can I tell you
0: I've heard from from gay friends who will say this is just that just goes to this just goes too far just goes too far we'll wait What does? I agree if we're talking about, you know, sending them into our libraries and having them. I don't want anybody that even makes kids think about sex. I don't want hot women going in and reading to my son. (laughs) Just stop it. Just stop it. (laughs) Um, He's got enough on his plate. Please just stop it. However, when it comes to, I don't understand if you're saying, and, and I am, everybody should just be who they are. I don't care. I don't care if that's who you want to be. I don't understand how uh, the gay community could have a problem with
2: that. Well, I just did a story on like the, the having drag queens put on shows for middle middle uh, student. Uh, yeah, no, I No, 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 no. Kids. I have a problem with that because I have a problem because that is well, true. That's who the trans are. That's what they do. And um, all, all of them, they go to middle school. Every one do, of them. I took really? a poll. Really? The Quinniac <laughs> poll said 99.9 wow, percent. I, did, huh. I didn't said, know that. Um, I didn't know. A great, great way to meet kids. OK, again, I, I kid. <laughs> Relax, Glenn. I can see you you're turning rhetoric. No,
0: I know I'm not. Uh, OK, so let me <laughs> let me go to the Democrats.
2: The, like yesterday said, <laughs> yesterday they i'd hang with a i'd hang with a transgender community before i'd hang with the democrats oh Go my ahead. gosh i would
0: i would have them all move in with me before
2: <laughs> before that
0: uh so the democrats voted on something we're not really even sure what it is the impeachment resolution but it really doesn't do anything uh, what are your thoughts on on what happened yesterday
2: but you make a great praise a, a point about the process. I'm watching, like you said, they voted on this thing, but nothing moves forward. And you wonder why nothing gets done in Washington. But even I know, I'm not a legal scholar, obviously, but you, you, you can't be doing all this behind closed doors. The, the Republicans want to see the, uh, I guess there was some testimony, some witnesses yesterday. And, and Schiff wanted me to let them look at that. And and until I know who the original whistleblower was, um, this is all a sham. And,
0: uh, yeah, you know, again, Schiff, Schiff said yesterday, um, he told the witness, the GOP asked a question, apparently. And Schiff said, don't answer that. Well, wait, what's he, a lawyer now? A He's representing these yeah, people? Yeah, apparently, apparently. I mean, it's, it's amazing what's going on. And I tell you, that's why people think this is a coup. If you can't
2: put it out in the open, it's it feels like a coup. Well, they're gonna televise it eventually, aren't they? They said it's gonna be on TV before Thanksgiving. So I don't know what'll make me sick of the Detroit Lions offense or Adam Schiff <laughs> on my TV. I think I would go for the uh for the
0: Adam Shift. <laughs> I go for Adam Shift. Uh there's another story out today we haven't had a chance to get to. Former President Barack Obama derided woke political purists and Twitter activists in a speech given Tuesday at the Obama Foundation Summit in Chicago. This idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're politically woke and all of that stuff,
2: you should get over that quickly. That's funny coming from a guy who actually is behind the deep state and the guy that spied on Trump while he was running for president. You can't be more woke than that. So I don't know. Is that ever going to come out, Glenn? Is Devin Nunez and Gowdy and all these guys, uh, Lindsey Graham, who talk a big game, are they ever going to do
0: anything? So you know you... what they say to me, because I've talked to a few of the people on Capitol Hill, and they have said to me, Glenn, you know, how do we, how do we phrase this? How do we, we know what's going on, but how do we do this in a soundbite? Here's how. Is it against the national interest to have somebody look into the loss of $7 billion of your tax dollars? Is it in the national interest for the president to ask somebody to look into our governmental corruption, our foreign agents directly influencing the 2016 election, politicians in the U.S. colluding with a foreign government to steal from the American treasury? Is it in our national interest to have the unlawful use of U.S. ambassadors Embassy personnel, national intelligence agencies, the State Department in collusion with foreign agencies and NGOs to not only affect the election, but to steal billions of dollars from us. That's
2: how that's how you phrase this. Well, all due respect, what scared me most about that statement is you said they came to you and asked you for advice.
0: (laughs) No, they didn't. No, 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 no. That's what you said, Glenn. That's exactly what you said. said. I'm getting nervous. That's what America heard. That's what America (laughs) heard. I heard Nixon
2: used to go to Casey Kasem
4: (laughs) to
0: get his geopolitical. Shut up. (laughs) Nick DiPaolo from NickDip.com back in just a second. First, so uh, uh, Nick DiPaolo is here. Nick,
2: how many times uh, a year are you out on the road? Um that's a great question. I would say two times. I would say 25. Yeah. Where where are you out recently? Where where can people see you? They can see me uh Friday and Saturday, November 8th and 9th, the Kansas City Comedy Club and uh the the following weekend, the Cortland Repertory Theater in Cortland, New York, November 15th and November 16th, the Comedy Works Saratoga Springs. And uh, I have to mention this. I'm f- I'm finally doing some gigs in my new home state of Georgia. Oh, yeah. which is yes. You're, yuck, yucks, or uh, milk through your nose? Oh no, I'm at skid marks. <laughs> and, uh, no, <laughs> um, November twenty second. You're way off, Glenn. This is the historic Ritz Theater. Oh wow, that's Friday, November twenty second. Saturday, November twenty third. The Tiff Theater in Tifton, Georgia. Mm. Uh, and I can't wait. There'll be a lot of trucker hats and tobacco, hopefully.
0: Have you ever played the Roxy in... I'm trying to remember where it is in Pennsylvania. It's the first... It's the original Roxy Theater. Uh, I did a I did a, a show there once, and they used an ARC spotlight. I mean, when I say it's a, the original, it hasn't changed since it was open. And they used an ARC <laughs> spotlight. And so it was, you know, an ARC light. It was burning carbon to light, and it was like the surface of the sun hot. It was like somebody was holding a giant magnifying glass on the sun. I thought it was going to set me on fire
2: that's how all the lights are all these play and so i have a line every time i use it every time i, I go hey easy with the lights what am i a pot plant <laughs> really? and, that's, uh... is. <laughs> and then is. The, the sensitive the light guy turns right. it all the way down so I'm yeah. in the dark and, well yeah.
0: halfway through my show the you know the it's carbon that's burning until so halfway through the show,
2: it's gonna be taxed. It
0: went out. It went out just, and then I went, "Oh, thank God!" And the guy said, "Just
2: a minute!" <laughs> <laughs> he put another one in and lit it
1: back up. It was crazy,
2: and the show was much funnier after he oh, put was. in the left. <laughs> it was. I was at left le- theater. I was at. They wouldn't let me smoke. And I said, are you kidding me? I'm sitting on a broken ladder in the green room with paint buckets around me, a fuse box with white. And there's literally asbestos dripping in my Diet Coke. And the guy goes, you can't smoke in here. I said, what are you kidding? You guys were shooting porn in this theater like three days ago, but I can't have a cigarette.
0: Uh, There's a a new thing going on uh, now. And I just saw this yesterday. Have you seen the OK Boomer stuff? No, I have not. Okay, so there's there's this new it's a generational war, Nick. Uh and there's this new uh thing going on online and also on products. It says, "Okay, boom, uh boomer, have a terrible day or whatever." And it's the uh the millennials? the millennials taking on the boomers. And everybody's immediately going, "Oh, look, they're just going up. Uh, there's the end." I got to tell you, most boomers despise millennials and have no problem saying it out loud. It's not like the, the millennials are starting this. They're just getting into the game.
2: Yeah, they, they finally realize that they can push this such. Not all of them. I, I sort of think they get a bad rep, the millennials. But Me they, too. But they are pretty soft. They, but they do get a bad rep. But uh, now I see that 70% of them wouldn't have a problem with socialism in this country. So now I hate every one of them. <laughs> and uh I I will push back. i, I might be fifty seven, I've had right. fourteen shoulder operations, but right. I will take on right. Michael Shea and his I, you know
0: what I friends. think that the ones that I meet, and not all of them, but the ones that I have met, I've I meet a lot of them who are Why? where are
2: you hanging out. It's creeping me out, Glenn.
0: I'm not, <laughs> I'm, not I'm not gonna say. Uh <laughs> at least at this time, not under yeah. oath. Um the uh uh the thing that I see in millennials is that when you, when you stop talking the usual political bullcrap, right? They listen and they want to learn. Not not all of them, obviously, but they want to learn. They've never heard this stuff before. Well, that's, <laughs> they, that's, they, that's right. Yeah, nobody's teaching them anything. Nobody's teaching them how to even think. They're just being taught what to think, and they know that's
2: crap. Some of them do, and, uh, but you're right. Right when did I get the pre-K, from pre-K to college, they're being brainwashed yeah. with this left-wing uh, horse crap. So, yeah, some of them do enjoy to hear the truth. But, uh, were you, you, were know, you
0: any different, Nick? Were you? I any was different? very
2: different. Were you? Yeah, I was transgender in 1976. <laughs> really? I was breaking the mold up at <laughs> <laughs> University of Maine. <laughs> no, I... I uh, I must have been different. I I grew up in Boston. I went to school, University of Maine, and then I, I've spent the last twenty five years in L.A. and New York. And I have these attitudes like I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. So <laughs> right, I, I guess
1: I am. I got to tell you though, I
0: when I was thirty before I so literally sobered up and realized I
2: don't know anything. I'm an idiot. Well, oh, what were you what were you drinking when you were? It well, made I, you so numb to what was going on with well, the Well, Maker's Mark. I can Mar- do some Maker's of that now. Mark, so it was- <laughs> oh, I know. I oh, wasted. Oh, Maker's Mark. <laughs> Maker's Mark and uh,
0: Jack Daniels. It was great. Holy moly. Yeah, no, it was great. And you still have I a nice them. head of hair and yeah. you look healthy. <laughs> I know. It's it's unbelievable. I'm probably dead in 15 minutes, but uh, it no, was. No, I can
2: tell. It was- you, you have a nice pal Well, actually, you do look like dead Kennedy. It was circa five okay. years ago. So- <laughs> All right. I don't
0: think we need to go there uh uh nick nick to you can uh, find him online at nickdip.com watch his comedy special uh it is uh it is very raw and very funny nick dip thank you so much Nick. appreciate it glenn you're the best thank you, you sir. Bet. nickdip.com this is the best of the glenn beck program Hey, it's Glenn. And if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Hi, it's Glenn. If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? If you're not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. Todd McMurtry is an experienced trial attorney, Harvard-trained mediator, He's an active member uh, of the Board of Governors for the Kentucky Bar Association. He's formerly the president of the Northern Kentucky Bar Association, board member of the uh, Northern Kentucky Volunteer uh, Lawyers. This guy looks to be a guy I wouldn't want to see across for me if I were the Washington Post. Uh, but he is here to tell us exactly what happened on monday in the nick sandman case against the washington post todd welcome to the program
4: go ahead and good to be here thank you
0: thank you so so why uh, did the judge did you, th- why did the judge throw this away throw this out in the
4: first place in july the judge's initial ruling on the case uh, suggested that uh, he Said that everything that the Washington Post had published uh, was basically an opinion or not related to Nick Sandman. And so when there were statements like the students were were mocking, he he said that's not related to Nick Sandman. When uh, Nathan Phillips, when the Post reported that Nathan Phillips said I was blocked and and they prevented me from retreating, uh, the judge said that that was an opinion. And so what what we did, and my co counsel in this case is Lynn Wood out of Atlanta. Lynn and I looked at this and and we said that there was some opportunity here to provide some additional information that might uh, change the judge's thinking, so we did that. We provided some additional video which showed more fully what happened. We provided uh, statements about uh, Nathan Phillips being basically a professional protester and a mm-hmm. provocateur, and we said that the Washington Post should not have Taken his statements at face value that he was an unreliable person, and that they negligently republished a false factual narrative and uh, uh, that that's that was persuasive uh, the court's order came out uh, just just the other day, and uh, we we're off to a conference on December third to uh, push the case ahead well how can how can somebody say
0: that well he wasn 't talking about Nick Sandman when he became the face of it, for instance, if I say You know, the brave protesters in Tiananmen Square. I don't mean just the guy who stood in front of the tank, but he's the guy we all think of. Now, we didn't see his face. We don't know his identity, but they've concentrated on his face. He is the face. The civil rights movement wasn't only Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther King was the image that we saw all the time. So how can this not how can this not be defamation of him
4: well with reg- it is defamation in the in the court with regard to some of those statements is going to allow us to proceed. With regard to the others, we don't agree with the court's ruling in every aspect. Um, And and that's why the judge struck some of those statements. So that's an issue we'll have to address later. I would agree with you. I think there's good law that that says that you're right and I'm right. But right now, we're just happy to be uh, proceeding with the case.
0: Does it help, Todd, that the – well, I don't know about the Washington Post, but other outlets, I know, even after they found out who Phillips was – they dismissed all of that and still tried to make Nick look like the bad kid.
4: Correct. It it does help with the other cases because the same analysis would apply. And we went into the other lawsuits and amended those to to make them similar to the the Washington Post uh, case, which the judge is now not dismissed. And so we would expect that, that we'll get the same result. But we'll see. Um and you're right i mean uh, plenty of other news outlets uh, i mean the washington post has issued a editors note on some of their uh, reporting but uh, cnn and nbc have have uh, never retracted so we have seen that problem as well
0: how how confident are you in this in this case cuz this this case could really change reporting i think in a good way um you know they all had the same access that that I had and others had, and they wanted this story to be true, and so they made it true. Uh, How confident are you, and what do you think the
4: ramifications will be if you win? Well, we're, of course, confident. We're all investing an enormous amount of time and effort into this case, and we wouldn't do that if we didn't feel that we had a, a legitimate strong case. Uh, I think that the case, when it's ultimately presented to a jury, is going to be very persuasive, even with the limitations that the court has, has placed on some of our allegations. And with regard to the effect that this case could have, well, it could protect people like Nicholas Sandman, who are... You know, private figures from being attacked and ravaged by the media in the way that he was by basically sending out a, a strong warning that if you're going to attack minors or private individuals and use them as a tool in a, you know, in, in a d- debate or a culture war, an attack on a president, whatever it may be, that you better think twice. So we certainly would hope that we can uh, generate change in the process of bringing these lawsuits. What's Nick's life been like since this? Well, Nick was 16 uh, and a junior in high school when this happened. Uh, he's now 17 and he's a senior in high school. I mean, his his time at school is going well, but there's there's no doubt that there have been you know many things that have happened to him uh, over the past. 10 months or so that are have been very negative and there's no doubt that when a person like nick samman goes out in public people know who he is everywhere i've been with him people know who he is and so he's you know constantly concerned about running into the wrong person out there so uh, what is his college an unfortunate fact what is his college admittance
0: going to be like what is his life on a college campus in today's world going to be like
4: well, my my son's a little bit older than Nick and and he uh, two years ago had a plate of french fries thrown on him for wearing a Make America Great Again hat at his college. Uh, I would think that uh, that college life for a person with that reputation is is going to be a challenge. Uh, as for college admissions, we don't know. He's applying. We'll see how that goes. Todd, we wish you well.
0: Um, how are the cases against uh, NBC and CNN and others going?
4: Those cases are they're currently pending on motions to dismiss, and we're just in the briefing process of those. Uh, we've substantially completed that, so I think everything's in front of the judge now, and he'll be issuing a ruling that we hope will be favorable for the same reasons that the Washington Post uh, recent ruling was favorable.
0: Our uh, prayers are with you. Thank you so much, Todd, and best to uh, the Sandmans. Appreciate it.
4: Glenn, thank you so much.
0: Todd McMurtry, uh, Murtry, um, you can follow him or find him
1: at Todd McMurtry law.com. Is it the Sandmans or is it the Sandmen?
0: Sand. <laughs> it's the Sandmans. Did I say it, this? No,
1: yeah. I'm, I'm just wondering. You said the Sandmans. So I was thinking yeah, I think it's maybe sand it should man. be Sandmen. No, I don't, uh, I don't think not. that's the way. Maybe it, not.
0: No, I don't think that's the way it works exactly, but thank ah, you for that. All right. Yeah, thank crazy. you for that tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciate it. Happy to
1: help.
3: This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program.
0: like listening to this podcast if you're not a subscriber become one now on itunes And while you're there do us a favor and rate the show okay so i want to play a couple of pieces of audio for you from the same day here's former president obama dismissing the woke culture as politically ineffective listen
3: this idea of purity and you're never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff. You should get over that quickly. The world the world is messy. There are ambiguities. Yep. People who do really good stuff have flaws. Like if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word, wrong verb or then – I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself because, man, you see how awoke I was? I called you out.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not activism. That, mm. That's not bringing about change.
1: Ah. Hmm. Oh, really? Huh. Mm. Coming from him, that's pretty interesting. Well,
0: he's kind of in the hot seat now because he wasn't pure enough. So uh, uh-huh, the, right. The group of people that he right. first corralled uh, realized that
1: he was a,
0: not a true believer. So he was, he's he betrayed only, the revolutions.
1: He's only like 80% Marxist. Yeah. He had a few tendencies that right. led him down the wrong road. Okay. So uh, Obama, uh, talking
0: about activism, uh, says you got to stop with a woke culture because it's politically ineffective. <laughs> and then Michelle Obama says this. I can't make people of af- not afraid of black people. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I can't explain what's
2: happening in your head. But maybe if I show up every day as a human, a good human, doing wonderful things, loving wow. my family, loving your kids, taking care of things that I care about, maybe, just maybe, that work will pick away at the scabs of your discrimination.
1: <sighs> She's flat out racist. She's a, she, that's racist. Well, wait a minute. What do you mean you can't? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. I can't make
0: people not afraid of white people. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going on. I can't explain what's happening Mm -hmm. in your head. But maybe if I Mm -hmm. show up every day as a human, a good human, doing Mm -hmm. good things, loving your kids, well, maybe, just maybe, that will work to pick away at the scabs of your discrimination. (laughs) See, I think this works both Mm -hmm. ways. It does. I think it works both ways. I, I, you know, I can't, I can't make people not afraid of black people. Well, yeah, you can, you can, you can help, you can help by not attacking all white people, by not saying that all white people are bad, by not saying, and, and, and being more like your husband was saying, but not necessarily doing, but like your husband said, you know, every time you make a mistake, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just makes you feel better but mm-hmm. it doesn't make it doesn't help anything it doesn't help anything so you reuse the wrong term you don't understand if you're wanting to be a good human you're like hey dude that's cool i mean i understand but that uh, that that word is like 1950 <laughs> so you know i just sorry without any kind mm-hmm. of accusation without anything else just be cool with one adju- with one another and the same thing goes with white people towards black people. But right now we are in reverse discrimination. And even that is proof of it. Because you're saying there is no such thing as reverse discrimination because of the hierarchy. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. If we all are created equal and we're all the same then you should two wrongs don't make a right but maybe that's maybe that's just me uh here is bloomberg on the democratic primary field Listen to this
3: it's just x number of months later nothing's changed you know i i have my reservations about the people running and the way they're campaigning and the, the promises they're making that they can't fulfill, and their unwillingness to really uh, admit what they, what is possible and what isn't, and their inconsistency if, from day to day, and location to location. This is not the ways to run a railroad. This country is in real trouble. We need somebody to pull people together. And when they say, I'm not going to talk to somebody from across the aisle, this is our country. What do you mean you're not going to talk to somebody from across the aisle? We've got to work together. And I
1: don't see that. What a uniter. What a uniter. And I love
0: the way he Mm. talks about, you know, there's no way to run a railroad. Last politician that talked about the railroads working was Mussolini. But uh, I digress. Uh, Listen to this. Here's a reporter talking about how Trump is actually a recruitment agent for ISIS. Listen to this. He's a recruiting sergeant for ISIS, Chris, in so many ways. Tony mentioned the whole oil argument, which has obviously been a narrative for a long time. He also is someone who is an Islamophobe, which obviously helps groups like ISIS recruit disillusioned, angry young men from across the world, not just from across the Middle East. Uh, He's featured. He's been featured in ISIS recruiting videos, and his Muslim ban has definitely been a recruiting ad for (laughs) ISIS. So in many ways, he helps, uh, quote, unquote, the enemy. Okay. Uh, Wow. Um, Now, how how is it that... It is our presence in the Middle East that is the recruiting arm of ISIS. Our presence there Mm -hmm. makes them want to go fight us. So here you have a president who just doesn't just say, I'm going to get out of the Middle East, actually has been shutting things down actively. Uh, And he's the recruiting Person, yeah. he's he's like, get the hell out of there! I don't want anything to do with it.
1: It's a really good point.
0: I mean, how is that possible? And um, by the way, a recruit, a recruiting poster, he's the guy. He people want to join ISIS because we almost
1: wiped all of them out. <laughs> yeah, I want to yeah. sign up because the bombs are coming now. Yeah, and it's not like they weren't. They weren't pissed at us before, but now they are. Now they are. Now yeah. they are now because they are. because Trump said some colorful things about the way one of them died. Oh, I can't take that. I can't take yeah. that. I cannot
0: take the fact. Of course he said that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Of course he said that. And of course, I, I mean, did anybody really think that al-Baghdadi was doing that? Why did Why did President Bush always call Saddam Hussein Saddam?
1: The first President Bush, yeah, right. Uh, I think that was H. W. wasn't it? Uh, well, they both. Saddam. I think they, I think they both did it. George but, uh, W. I might know have too. George H. Yeah. W. did, yeah. but I think it was it, both of them. Be, it seems
0: to me that that was an insult. It's an insult. Yeah, Saddam Hussein is an insult. It's Saddam Hussein. So it wasn't because I remember people going, "He doesn't even know how to pronounce the name." He <laughs> did, did it, on it on intentionally. Mm-hmm. What do you think that? Oh, he was whimpering. He died like a dog in a tunnel. A oh, that, coward. He, he's making fun of dogs. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jeez. He's sowing the seeds of doubt. And I love mm-hmm. the fact that the press was like, well, we went to the Pentagon to find out if there was any footage of that And him crying. Now the latest is Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel came out on Monday, and the White House is now asking for an apology. Well, he just flat out lied. Lied, made it up. Yeah, he said, basically, he said, the president was out golfing, and he wasn't even there. He wasn't even there. And they didn't tell him because they were afraid that he was going to tweet about it. Uh, No, Jimmy, no, he was there. He was there. He actually went as far as to say as that those pictures of President Trump watching it, that that was a photo op. that was a setup photo taken later. Wow, I mean they didn't wow. say anything about Barack Obama literally verifiably going upstairs and playing cards with an intern because he couldn't watch what was going on when they were killing Osama bin Laden. He would come down from time right. to time and then he'd be like, "Oh, I can't watch this!" And so he would go upstairs and play cards.
1: Yeah, with his with his basketball buddy. Right? Yeah, was his basketball buddy? Yeah. I it, knew it was somebody who yeah. was like Uh-huh. You you went up and played uh, yeah. cards. The troops are on
0: the line and you're playing cards because you're such a girl. <laughs> and I no offense to twelve year old girls, because most twelve year old girls could handle what <laughs> they were seeing in the situation room. So I don't mean twelve year old <laughs> girls, maybe eight year old girls. Because after all, isn't that the little Pink bike and the helmet that he was <laughs> oh, gosh, he was such an embarrassment. Oh. The Blaze
3: Radio Network on demand.